0: Hello, you're listening to Which Moving Pictures Move Us, and I'm your host, Emma Bolzner. This month is our Christmas theme, so although Christmas will look different for us this year, it doesn't mean movies can still put us in the holiday spirit, especially Christmas classics. For today, I will be talking about the film Elf, from 2003, starring Will Ferrell, James Cannes, Bob Newhart, and Zoe Deschanel. And with me virtually is my good friend, Christina. Hello. So, for those of you who haven't seen this film, we follow Buddy, played by Will Ferrell, who, through hilarious events, is adopted and raised by Papa Elf, played by Bob Newhart, in the North Pole with Santa and the other elves. However, since he is a human, he doesn't quite fit in with his so-called peers, as he's much taller and can't fix or make toys as fast as the other elves. When Papa Elf reveals to Buddy that he's actually a human and not an elf, Buddy sets out to New York City to find his birth father, played by James Caan. After passing through swirly-twirly gumdrops and the candy cane forest, Buddy finally arrives in New York, but finds out that his father, Walter, is on the naughty list. Although Buddy is naive and begins to feel like he doesn't belong anywhere, he does know the true meaning of Christmas. Remember, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is by singing loud for all to hear. So, Christina, what do we think of ALF?
1: I love this movie. First of all, can I just say, I cannot believe that it came out in 2003. That blows my mind. Like, I, I can't remember the first time I ever watched this movie. Um, but I, I, you know, like, I mean, obviously, if I watched it when it first came out, I don't remember. I was three years old. Um, But I don't think I remember, like, consciously watching this movie for the first time until I was at least, like, 10 or 11, at which point it had already been out for, like, 7 years, which is mind-blowing.
0: I think I first... Like, I don't remember a time where I didn't know Elf, and I think I probably watched this for the first time in grade 1, something like that. But definitely not in the movie theater, because, like you said, we were too young. Yeah, exactly.
1: And I think, like... I think that this movie, it doesn't have a bad rap, like, people definitely like it, but I think that people um, get really tired of this movie easily because, like, you know, it was super overplayed when it first came out, like, every elementary school classroom ever plays Elf around the Christmas time, so, like, everybody sees it every year, usually multiple times a year, but, like, I still really like this movie, and I still think it's really good, and I don't care how many times I've seen it, I still like watching it.
0: I know I think it's the most rewatchable Christmas movie because you know it was kind of one of those movies that they just the teacher just put in um during like the last week of school usually for me it was this movie uh the line the witch in the wardrobe or home alone and like usually it was between home alone or elf and for me elf I never got tired of it just like you said Will Ferrell is so hilarious the story is so pure and so so wholesome and so good and and just the whole energy, it's so refreshing still, even though it's 17 years old, I can't believe it. I think what makes this movie is uh, so good is just how, at the end of it, you actually believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> Wait, who is real, by the way.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, it's like yesterday, um, Miracle on 34th Street was on TV, and Hannah and I caught the end of it. Um, and it's just like any Christmas movie that, like, ends with you being like, yeah, Santa is real, screw all the non-believers, it's, like, always a good Christmas movie.
0: What is your, um, do you have, like, a memory of watching Elf, like, a good memory during Christmas time?
1: Oh, man, that's a good question. I'm trying to think, because I feel like it's one of those movies where I watch it every year, but I never because it's on TV so often, or because it was played at school. I never had to seek it out. Like my parents and I always make sure that you know we seek out the Charlie Brown Christmas special, and we always make sure we watch Polar Express because that's like a family favorite. But we never have to be like, okay, we better make sure we watch Elf this year because we know we're gonna watch Elf this year. Like we know it's gonna be on TV, or I'm gonna watch it in school. Like Elf is gonna happen; it's inevitable. Um, so I don't know yeah. if I have like any specific like memories of watching it aside from I just remember the first time I ever watched it I was like primarily watching it with my dad because my mom was making dinner and she was sort of like back and forth from the living room to the kitchen um but I really liked it and I know my dad is like not a super big movie person and it it takes a lot for him to like actually enjoy watching a movie and want to sit down and watch the whole thing especially with Christmas movies he's like He's not, like, super cynical, but there's a lot of Christmas movies he's not really into that I watch without him. Um, But, like, my dad loved Elf, and I remember him actually, like, watching the whole thing all the way through and then wanting to watch it again the next year and the next year.
0: Oh, I know. Because it has this childlike fantasy to it I mean it's super unrealistic but if you go into the movie you know very cynical and thinking oh yeah right he walks from like all the way from the North Pole to New York City I mean and he's like in the same outfit doesn't (laughs) need water you know doesn't need food just eats candy like if you're gonna go into it that way but I think even the skeptics by the end of this movie love it
1: yeah well it's just like it's just a genuinely good time and I know I don't know about you and I don't know why this is such a big meme amongst me and my friends but like, me and my roommates especially, all the time, like if one of us is leaving the house or like going somewhere, the other will go, bye buddy, hope you find your dad. Like every day. <laughs> oh my God, really? That's so cool. Oh yeah, we do We do that all the time. It's like, it's, I think my, my parents, um for my birthday actually got me like little like figure, like pop figures of Buddy the Elf and the Narwhal because, like, my roommates and I quote it so much because we just, like, find that line so funny. It's just a good way to say goodbye.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then the narwhal uh, says that line to Buddy when he's, like, going on the ice float. And there's so many other good lines, just like... um and even like James Cann, who's who's Walter, uh, who's plays Walter, who's Buddy's dad. He says such funny things like, "Let's just throw him out in the snow." He loves the snow. Or why don't we let the deranged elf, you know, do th-? like? There's so many, so many funny lines, um, and and they're so fun to quote. Like I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but when you like, you know, when you're watching it, it's like, you know, just like. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Or even like when he's in the the um, uh, talking to the raccoon and he's like, "What's your favorite color? Can I have a hug?" Like he goes through life so optimistic, and we all strive to be Buddy. I love it.
1: He's just he's such a genuinely good character, and. He's never, I think for me, he's never one of those like children's movie characters who gets annoying and where you're like, okay, I get it. Like, this is his bit. Like, this is his little children's movie bit. Like, I just, I always like him and I root for him and I want him to have good things in life.
0: Yeah, I think Will Ferrell does it well because he could have come out off across very like kid-like or condescending or patronizing or just honestly irritating and he manages to make it endearing and not annoying I have no idea how he does it but I feel like it must have been hard to always have that like smile on set and always be perky and giddy and full of Christmas cheer and I don't know do you think the other actors would have gotten irritated by him because I feel like I would have like laughed the entire time of this movie (laughs)
1: yeah I, I would be like really interesting to know more about like The background of filming this movie especially since like so many of the other characters had to be these sort of curmudgeonly forces
0: what was your um like when so buddy basically first comes from the north pole he comes to new york what was your first like favorite encounter that that buddy has when he gets to like the real world basically oh
1: oh man I mean the one that I always think of which like might even be his first proper encounter if not it's like one of his very early ones is I love when he's in the elevator um, going up the like really tall building and he presses like every button in the elevator and he's like it lights up like a Christmas tree and the other guy in the elevator is like oh my god I want death <laughs>
0: <laughs> that scene is so funny or when Santa tells him you know don't eat the yellow snow, or they don't eat candy that's been put on like the subway and like you know used gum, which he d- and does in the movie. But I like when he's going through oh that God, door. Okay, the- <laughs> those like the sl- those the doors. Where- when he eats
1: all the gum.
0: <laughs> I know, it's so gross. Or when I love it when he's going through those um that turn wheel door, I guess it's called in this like big fancy building, and he just spins and spins because he doesn't know how to get inside. It's so funny.
1: I also, as a kid who was, like, very terrified of escalators for many, many years, I related very strongly to his being scared of escalators. That was very relatable to me.
0: I am still scared of escalators. Like, I can do it, but I always take, like, two seconds. Like, I can never just walk from the ground to the escalator. Like, I always need a minute to just... To, I don't Same. know, I still... It's still weird. It's such a weird concept. And and the way he does it where he's, like, has one foot still on the ground and one foot sliding up the el- uh, escalator, everyone would know that scene. It's so funny. Do you think this is Will Ferrell's best role? See, I'm
1: gonna be honest. I honestly, like, haven't seen Will Ferrell in a lot of other things other than Elf because... I feel like he's known well okay obviously he's very well known for Elf but I feel like he's also known for a lot more you know like adult comedy roles um and I don't know if I've seen like any of the movies he's been in that are considered like adult comedies TM like I think I know him from like Elf and like Saturday Night Live and that's it
0: <laughs> yeah no I'm, i I'm 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 the same. Uh he's made a lot of, like, silly comedy films with Mark Wahlberg, but I'm not I'm not a big fan of uh, Mark Wahlberg movies, like the Daddy's Home movies. But this is definitely what he's known for. And, like, I love him on SNL when he's... Um, it, it was in the late 90s and, like, early 2000s when he'd play Alex Trebek and stuff. That's so funny. And so I know him more from Saturday Night Live and this movie. But fun fact that I Googled, apparently they wanted to make uh, Elf 2... Uh, sequel and Will Ferrell refused and turned down 30 million dollars which is really remarkable I'm so happy they didn't make a second movie oh
1: my god that's some king stuff good job Will Ferrell so he must have made a lot
0: like on this movie if he's turning down 30 million (laughs)
1: like
0: how much money does he have he's fine (laughs) yeah and You know, I was watching um, this movie two days ago and I was thinking of it in the context of COVID right now and how so many holiday movies are centered around New York. And even when I did uh, Dash and Lily, the last episode, um, New York is like a character in itself in all these holiday movies. And, you know, seeing all those crowds and people by like Rockefeller Center and ice skating, it, it just made me really nostalgic and kind of like sad because there's so much uh, that they did that you can't just do right yeah, now no
1: I was thinking about that because actually um so like Hannah my girlfriend uh, obviously talked about Dash and Lily with you and she actually started showing it to me last night um so I've just started watching it um and yeah it's like New York is such a nice like, yeah and, Ooh, yay. and I am really liking it so far Um, I'm always going to be a little snarky when it comes to, like, teenage straight romance things, but I am enjoying it. Um, But, like, yeah, I, um, yeah, like, New York is, like, so iconic in so many movies, but especially Christmas movies. It's, like, very weird to think about, I guess, yeah, like, Christmas at COVID times and even, like, trying to imagine what New York is, like, this year as opposed to, like, other years it's like, a weird thing to
0: think about. Yeah, exactly. Especially because uh, New York is in really bad shape right now. Well, the whole world, but uh, New York has had a really rough year and all those things. And um, just, I think my favorite scene in this movie is probably when um, Will Ferrell, Buddy, is going on a date with Jovi, who's played by Zoe Deschanel, and they, like, go and walk around New York, and he's trying to show her, like, what he thinks are the best Christmas trees in the malls and in store windows and she realizes that he doesn't even know rockefeller center exists so she takes him there and you see the beautiful rockefeller tree and i've never been to new york and i would love to go to new york and i'd love to go to new york during christmas time and see the rockefeller tree because it looks so amazing and it takes my breath away and i feel just like buddy i can't
1: imagine that would be so cool no I was just gonna say this is like backtracking a little bit but I did a quick google of Will Farrell's filmography because I was blanking on literally anything this man had been in aside from like Zoolander and Daddy's Home and I was like he's been in other movies Zoolander right yeah I was like I can't only have seen him in Elf like there must be something else I've seen him in um the producers he was very funny in the producers and I can't believe I forgot one of uh, his best roles ever, Megamind. Uh, pretty epic, pretty great movie. <laughs> and his role in the like his role in the Lego movie, and his role in the Lego movie is really good. I totally forget that he in that every time I think about the Lego movie, but he's very <laughs> good in that.
0: I wanted to um, talk about Zoe Deschanel because I am a fan of hers, and I always listen to her. Her Christmas music during this time and she's pretty like unknown when she's an elf and she's really young too I was looking at like the age gap between um buddy like Will Ferrell and her and it's like 13 years so she's like 22 in this movie and he's 35 which is pretty big of a gap but it it works though he does not look 35 maybe it's just because of the
1: character he's playing but Will Ferrell does not <laughs> look 35 in Elf
0: I know, he looks way younger, right? I thought he was, like, 29, 30 tops. Did you like Zoe Deschanel in this? I liked how she was, um, like, pessimistic about Christmas and, like, the balance of Buddy's, like, love for Christmas. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: like, you know, it's obviously, like, it's very tropey of the, like, the the one who loves Christmas and the one who's like, ah, Christmas, bah humbug. Um, Speaking of Dash and Lily... Um, But it's like, it's a formula that works for a reason. Like, it's very cute, and I think Zoe Deschanel is very good in it. I'm gonna be honest, I also forget that Zoe Deschanel exists. I've like never listened to her music, and I have zero clue if she's ever acted in anything else. I'm like, yeah, the elf girl.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she's like really well known for um, the show New Girl, which I've only seen about two episodes of. I never really got into it. And um, I really like her in the movie 500 Days of Summer uh, with her and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's a really good movie. We should actually do it. Um, it's It's a good romantic film. You might like it because it's not... It doesn't have the stereotypes and there's like a lot of growth between both their characters, which is interesting. Oh,
1: cool. Yeah, okay. See, I've definitely heard of both of those things. I just did not know that that was Zoe Deschanel.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and she hasn't done anything for a long time. I mean, if I was just an elf, I'd be okay. You know, like, the I was looking up the the young boy, um, (laughs) Buddy's half-brother, Michael, and this is, like, his only movie he's ever in, and now he's... I was, like, looking him up, and he's, like, stopped acting, and he helps people get, like, students get into universities in New York. So he's, like, a tutor now. And But he'll always good be in, him. like, the Christmas classic, which is pretty cool. I know. Good for him. Yeah, Living I his mean, best life. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, hey, if you're going to have one thing on your filmography...
0: Might as well be this one. <laughs> um, I also wanted to talk about how nice... Um, Walter's wife is in this that's Emily and how she's just super open to him having like a child like from when he had a child with someone else and she's totally okay with like inviting Buddy into her home and being super like open and warm and I'm glad I didn't add any drama of like you know the husband and wife fighting or like Michael having a problem with having a half brother because I think it would have ruined it
1: yeah I agree like I think you know if For whatever reason, some someone had decided to make Elf like more of an adult movie TM. I definitely could have seen those things being included in the plot. But it's like it's a kids' movie. We don't need extra conflict. We don't need like marital drama, like this movie's for children. Let's focus on our our happy little elf story, please.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do you think this movie still holds up even though it's almost 20 years old? I do because
1: first of all, I did not know it was made in two thousand three. I like I said, my earliest memory of watching it is from like twenty ten. So I thought that this movie had like at the absolute earliest come out in like maybe two thousand six, um, and I think like even that like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like an early two thousands movie. Like I remember when we talked about Legally Blonde. And, like, aside from the, you know, there's some parts of it that, like, very much date it as an early 2000s movie. But overall, like, that movie holds up extremely well. And the themes and the humor all, like, translates pretty well, you know, over the years. And I think that Elf is the same. And, like, nothing about that movie, except for, like, maybe the one scene where Walter is using, like, a giant cell phone dates it as like an early 2000s movie like there's nothing about elf that would make me think like oh clearly this movie was made in the early 2000s like it's just a nice little timeless Christmas story
0: yeah and it may be because you know it's Christmas time so a lot of the characters are wearing you know while he's just wearing an elf costume but the other ones are wearing like heavy coats and jackets but like you know the hair isn't Not that the 2000s had some really big, like, hairstyle, like the 80s, but the hair is normal and the clothes are normal. And I think the thing that really helped not make it dated from, like, 2020 is the music because the music is so good in this movie. They have, like, really good Christmas songs by Ella Fitzgerald and they have, you know, Zoe Deschanel sing some songs in it. And they even have, like, the Frank Sinatra song, You Make Me Feel So Young, when, um, when they're, uh, when, jovi and buddy are going on their date and i thought that was interesting because most christmas movies just have christmas songs throughout it all and i like that they had that frank sinatra song because it was a nice break from you know regular like sleigh ride and jingle bells and, and um i think that's what helps it like not become dated because even when you watch like um home alone now John Williams' music is so, so wonderful. And I think music really helps. Like, that movie is now almost, well, it's like 30 years old. That music helps it um, stay relevant.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's funny, because I never even really, like, consciously thought about that until you asked. But, like, yeah, I I there, I there, never would, like, peg that movie as being made so long ago. Like, I feel like it's definitely one. Because even, like, those, like you know Hannah and I were also watching um oh my god the Santa Claus is coming to town like the Rankin and Bass special and like those ones are all iconic but they are extremely dated like you know when those movies were made and i feel like elf is one of those movies that's like definitely going to be yes. continued to watch like kids are going to keep watching it for years and years and it's never going to feel like oh, you know, this is the Christmas movie mom likes. It's, you know, it's always going to be, like, relevant
0: in some way. Yeah, and and not to go back to Dash and Lily, but I think that that movie's going to get less relevant sooner than Elf will because a lot of that movie centered around phones and certain apps you use and, and like, maybe not the notebook plotline, but the whole way um, they connect. And I think that's going to be, like, when eventually, like, if we ever have children, that's going to be more... Uh, irrelevant show than ALF will be. I think ALF is going to be like the classic, like Miracle on 34th Street because it's not centered around technology and certain um, songs and and certain uh, hairstyles or clothing. It's more of just like the spirit of Christmas. And I think when movies are centered around that, then they get less... uh, then they become... they stay relevant.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think you could say the same about like the Polar Express. Like so much of that movie happens... On the train or in the North Pole that like very, you know, even like when they are taking the train like through the town and they go past the big department store, like I have no clue when the Polar Express is supposed to be set. And it could be set today, which I think is like, you know, yeah one of the things that's really nice about that movie too.
0: Why do you think so many of these holiday films are centered around New York? Like what is New York with Christmas?
1: Yeah, that's like a good question. I mean... Like, on the one hand, you know, I feel like part of it is definitely, like, it's New York, it's a big city, like, everybody loves it, people love to make movies set there in general, because it's like, oh, you know, the magic of, like, Broadway, and people trying to be famous, and be in the big city, and ooh-ah, it's so cool, Um, but I feel like, at Christmas time especially, I mean... The other place that people love to set things is Hollywood and L.A. And the thing that New York has that L.A. doesn't is snow. Um, so that definitely probably plays a part into yes. it. Um, and honestly, I feel like, you know, part of it is the very big Christmas events or, like, very iconic Christmas things that people think of when they think of New York, like the, the big tree at Rockefeller um, and the the ball dropping at New York New Year's in New York um and all of those big things um but I honestly think that it's partially just like you know when I think of I was talking about this with my girlfriend just like maybe it was today maybe it was yesterday time is irrelevant um but we were talking about how like music that is older like 50s music and like things that have like older sort of classic vibes inherently feel Christmassy even if they're not Christmas and I feel like like Frank Sinatra even Mm -hmm. if I'm listening to a non-Christmas song by Frank Sinatra I'm like yeah this puts me in the Christmas spirit and there's so much like New York centered music from like Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby and people like him that I Mm -hmm. feel like that also plays into like well yeah, I'm listening to Frank Sinatra in New York. Like that makes me feel like Christmas. I can't explain why, but it does.
0: Yeah, even when it's not like even when it's not a Christmas themed, like Frank Sinatra album, just listening to him, I don't know if it's like the key he sings it in or the way he sings it. I just always or maybe it's because my family always played his music during like Christmas holidays, but I I love listening to him during Christmas time and Bing Crosby and um like that Have Yourself a Merry Christmas by Judy Garland. Like, it all has this kind of old-timey feel. And yes, it is old music, but it's nostalgic and it seems still relevant.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, like, it all ties into ties into, like, the timelessness.
0: Yeah. Um, what was your favorite, like, one of your favorite scenes in the movie? Or multiple?
1: Oh, man, that's so hard. I mean, like... Bye, buddy, hope you find your dad is up there. Because <laughs> that scene's really good. <laughs> and it's, for some reason, extremely quotable. Um, but I love, I mean, the whole montage of him and and uh, the love interest uh, Jody. I think you said her name was. I always forget. Um, the whole montage of them, like, Jody. going on their date. J- thank you, yes. Um, the whole montage of them, like, going on their date. It's just so sweet, and it's so nice. And I think... That it's really nice because up until then um you don't well maybe this is just me but I feel like up until that point in the movie I don't really see them being together working out like it feels like such an odd pairing and you're like okay I get it like mm-hmm. Zoe Deschanel's hot and Will Ferrell's the main characters so they have to get together but like why this seems like it would be a terrible relationship and like an awful pairing like in yeah. what universe does this ever work out um, but then you get that montage of their date, and you're like, oh, I get it. They're happy together, and it's just, like, sweet and nice.
0: Yeah, and they bring out the best in each other. That's probably my favorite scene as well, but I also like the scene when he um, stays up all night to decorate for uh, in the gimbals, a department store, oh, um, yeah. because he thinks the real Santa is coming, because that's such a cute scene in the Nutcracker's playing in the background, but... A couple problematic things with that. If Buddy lived in the North Pole his entire, like, 30 years of existence, wouldn't he know that Santa never comes to, like, Gimbal's department store? Like, I find that so weird that he'd think that it was the actual Santa, the one that he knows and loves, coming to New York.
1: Yeah, I feel like my one, and I mean, like, hey, I can't fault Santa and the elves at the North Pole too hard, because, I mean, it's Christmas, they're busy, they got other things on their mind... But I feel like my one, like, my one genuine plot hole with this movie that always has bothered me a little bit is, like, y'all really did not prepare Buddy at all. You just sent him out and told him basically nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Santa basically, just before Buddy left, is like... Hey, buddy, come over here, you know, don't eat the yellow snow. And if you see a sign that says peep shows, that's not seeing presents before Christmas. That's not what that means. And like, don't you know, it was like super like he's so naive. He's never been in the real world. And he's just sent to New York. And also New York is like one of the meanest places like the people are super unfriendly. Come somewhere else. And and he's just kind of set out there and like fend for yourself. <laughs>
1: And I mean, like, it's another, you know, classic formula, the fish out of water story, like, who am I to argue with, like, a formula that works, but I always find it a little, just a teeny tiny bit frustrating that it's like, y'all just let him go out there and told him absolutely nothing. Yeah.
0: I think my other favorite scene is when... Jovi is getting everybody to sing Santa Claus is coming to town so Santa's sleigh can fly and she's finally brave enough to sing in front of everybody and I always sing along to that to make sure you know Santa's sleigh can fly but having everyone else sing like Emily and Michael and and finally when Michael gets um, James Cans' character Walter to sing that's such a, a nice moment and when um Michael is literally making everybody uncomfortable by reading the what they want for Christmas in Santa's book of, like, what they want. And he, like, literally exposes this news broadcaster woman who's, like, saying, I can't remember her name, wants her boyfriend to finally propose to her and, like, get off the couch and do something with his life. <laughs> and I loved that scene where she's, like, exposed on, like, national television because Santa knows what that everybody wants really for is. and wishes for. <laughs> It's so good.
1: (laughs) No, the ending of the. The ending is really, really good. Like, it's genuinely, like, a really good ending.
0: I wish Bob Newhart had more scenes, even though he's stuck in the North Pole. He's so old and so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) The only thing I didn't like that much about this movie, I mean, this movie is perfect, but there was a couple, like,. The whole idea with the book pitch and Walter is such a horrible person, and he lets little kids down with how he like produces stories. And the guy, the people he works with are so useless. Like when he wants uh, Peter Dinklage's character to come, and, and he's and Peter Dinklage's character is this big, you know, book writer, and he's super rich. And he doesn't have any patience and any time for anybody. And Walter finally gets him to come in. And Walter's, like, workers are pitching book stories. And these two idiots that are in there are like, why don't we do a book about, you know, a farm about asparaguses and how asparagus, you know, they're embarrassed and feel ashamed about the smell of their (laughs) pee. And, like, stuff like that annoys me so much when movies do that.
1: Yeah. I think, um... I think for me, the one part of the movie that's always gonna be a little bit yikes, um, because I agree. This like for a Christmas kids movie, but also for like a Christmas movie in general. I think this movie is like very very good overall. Um, the one part for me uh, that I will never enjoy is the Peter Dinklage cameo. That, that I, I lied earlier, that is the one bit that absolutely dates that movie, and that scene did not age well, and Peter Dinklage is a phenomenal actor who is given basically nothing to do except sit there and be made fun of for being short, and it's really bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Call Me Elf one more time, oh. like that line is so irritating. It's so bad. Because in Buddy's head, he thinks he's actually asking him to call him elf yeah. <laughs> one more time. That's what makes this that scene so stupid and so irritating. And he's, like, running across the desk and, like, beating up Buddy. And then the whole scene where, you know, um, there's a whole blowout with Walter and Buddy, which is also not private. It's in, like, with Peter Dinklage's character and everybody else sitting around. And when movies do that, where it's like, oh, you know... The father son relationship is crumbling. Mm-hmm. I, th- that can be a bit over the top and overused.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, protagonists fight in the third act. It happens in like 90% of children's yes. movies.
0: <laughs> I also like that it showed um, so, it was actually filmed at Macy's, um, but it was called, like, M- Macy's department store, but it was called Gimbal's department store. And just the idea of department stores in general, because they're kind of become a thing of the past now, because everyone online shops, and we have, like, you know, Hudson's Bay here, but I haven't gone to Hudson's Bay in, like, so many years. I went there to get my prom dress, but I haven't been back. And the idea of department stores, which were so big in the 20th century, and when that's the other thing that kind of dates this movie, because it's nice to see it, but... Uh, it's really become a department stores have become a thing of the past.
1: Yeah, no, it's funny. I also don't know if I've been back to the base since getting my prom dress. I like cannot think of a time that I was at the base since then, which is pretty funny. But like, yeah, it no, it's interesting because I mean not to support capitalism or anything but as a kid especially like I used to love going to uh there's a Sears by my house and like RIP to Sears I used to love going mm-hmm. to the Sears as a little kid like I don't know the the department store at yeah. Christmas time was always like such a fun like little outing as a child and made like being tagged along on my parents' Christmas shopping more fun because just, like, I don't know, the Christmassy atmosphere of, like, a stereotypical department store, it was just, like, it was fun, and it was nice, and it's weird to think about how that doesn't exist so much anymore. Yeah, even,
0: I used to enjoy Sears, too, but just going to Zellers, you know, and and then they tried to make it happen with Target, but we know that didn't last long here in Canada.
1: R.I.P. But
0: Zellers was always a good memory of me when I was a kid because... I never went really went to Toys R Us that often. And so when there was like a kid section, but there was also, you know, so many other sections. You could even buy sometimes groceries there. It's such a thing of the past now. It seems so long ago. Yeah,
1: and it's like Walmart is just not the same. Like Walmart has an extremely different vibe than Zeller's ever did. And there was also a Zeller's like... Near my high school, and uh I miss Zellers.
0: I have some fun facts of this movie to, like, churn out. If you have anything else you want to say about department stores or fun's favorite scenes.
1: Oh, man. I mean, like, it's just, like, the whole movie is just really good. And, yeah, I think, like, when I think of the movie, like, the scenes that always instantly come to mind in order are Bye, Buddy, Hope You Find Your Dad, dating montage, and the finale, like... They're just,
0: they're just good scenes and they're just funny. Yeah. And you, and like, even if you come in late, because I have when it's on TV and it's usually always playing on TV all the time. And even if I just come in late, you could just get into it right away. And, and that's such a nice feeling. I can't, I don't have that often with movies. Um, Okay. Some fun facts. So I was looking this up. Jim Carrey was actually asked to be Buddy um, back in 1993. They were going to do Elf but then it got shelved because it didn't get approved by the production and Jim Carrey ended up turning it damn. Can you see Jim Carrey in this role? That's cursed.
1: I'm sorry. That's such cursed content. Maybe it's because I just keep thinking of him as like his and actually oh, uh actually I have no idea when Jim Carrey's Grinch came out. I don't remember if that came out before or after Elf. Elf, but maybe it's because like I always pictured Jim Carrey as the Grinch um, and being, like, creepy, and, like, you know, his sort of, like, his Jim Carrey sort of, like, off-kilter, like, creepy brand of humor, Jim Carrey elf would be so cursed. (laughs) Ew,
0: I know, no, no, he's, like, Jim Carrey creeps me out, not just as the Grinch, just, like, you know, he's, he's hilarious, but, like, the way he, like, is able to, um, be other people and pers- uh, be there, like personify them it's really weird and his facial expressions and I think you know when you watch Will Ferrell in this role he's warm and he's nice it's like drinking like a warm cup of cocoa and Jim Carrey would just make that really creepy <laughs> and over the top I don't think I, it would have worked I'm so glad they waited another 10 years
1: okay I googled it um Jim Carrey Grinch came out in 2000 so can you imagine if like he had done oh. Elf and then Grinch, or Grinch and then, like, Elf immediately afterward. That would have been extremely cursed. No.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad Ferrell was it. Um, I will say, when yeah. I
1: Googled uh, when this movie came out, the top Google response was... Why did Jim Carrey almost quit the Grinch, which I did click on, and apparently the makeup and special effects that they did on him were, like, so excruciating that Jim Carrey almost quit the movie because it was just, like, painful oh, and yeah. annoying to be in the Grinch makeup. So, like, rip.
0: <laughs> oh, so quick facts. This is, like, now I'm going to go on a tangent from that. So the makeup <laughs> that they use for the Grinch um, in that movie is similar to what they used in the original Wizard of Oz from 1939, which they used on the woman that plays the Wicked Witch, and which they also used on the the person that plays the Tin Man. And it's basically a poison in your skin, and the person that was going to play the Tin Man originally, I don't remember his name, but he literally quit because it was, like, making him crazy. Like, his brain. And... Oh it's God. actually really bad for you. Like and the fact that in 1939 they were using that um it's kind of weird but okay and the fact that they were still using that same makeup in 2000 is really sad. <laughs> it's oh supposed God, to be so awful. bad for your health. <laughs> I know. I don't know what is inside it. Probably should, like, know that before I start putting that out there. But it's supposed to be very poisonous. So if you are an actor, try not to do roles where you have to wear really bad green makeup.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. No, that's terrifying. So, yeah. Jim Carrey Grinch immediately after Elf. Cursed.
0: Okay. I have another fact um, Buddy, the character of Buddy the Elf is actually inspired by Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer because they are both outsiders and misfits. The Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer from 1964.
1: Oh, that's cute. I like that. And they're both so like optimistic and sweet. Isn't that
0: cute? I love Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and the stop motion animation. And like even if it is like fifty-five years old. Or fifty six now, I still love watching it every year, and it even was um like the the stop motion was kind of inspired for Elf with uh, I don't know if you noticed but when Buddy is in the North Pole and he's talking you know to the narwhal he also has the snowman friend and the snowman is all stop motion as well as the other um, animal characters yes. and the snowman was based off of the snowman and Rudolph. Yeah, yeah,
1: I do remember that. No, I love, that's part of the reason why I love that bit. Aside from the quotability of the Norwells line is like the stop motion animation on the animals is so good.
0: Yeah, so it was very little computer animation used. When they did make Buddy bigger and and the, the, the people like in the workshop smaller, they just did it with a camera angle perspective. So they actually didn't use any computer animation for those scenes. And when he's, you know, sitting on Bob Newhart's lap, he's actually, I think, sitting on another chair. So it doesn't look like he's actually sitting on his lap. It's just how the camera is, which oh, is that's interesting. that's
1: really cool. Yeah, I've always wondered about that. That's really interesting.
0: Did you know that Elf is actually a Broadway musical? Okay, I did.
1: I was going to wait and see if you brought this up because I was talking about this with my friend Tony the other day. Like, the musical... It did really well at the box office because, of course, it did. Like, every child went and saw this musical. So it made, like, a butt-ton of money. Um, And it's had, like, multiple, um, like, it's had, like, various runs. Like, it was on Broadway and it did a tour. Yeah, it did a tour. It had a Broadway revival. It was in the West End. So, like, it did pretty well. Made a lot of money. Um, It got, like, mixed reviews. Like, nothing, like, overwhelmingly positive or overwhelmingly negative. People were sort of just like, yep, this musical exists. And at the very least, your kids will enjoy it um it looks so bad (laughs) my friend tony sent me a video that like one of the broadway accounts we follow (laughs) on instagram posted recently of um oh man uh who is it as jovi i forget who it is he sent me a video as somebody as as jovi i think it might have been sarah paulson Anyways, it's it looks so awful. Oh. Like, Jovi's solo song is so bad, and it just, like, doesn't look like a good musical. <laughs> like, I just... I, I've never heard the soundtrack, so, I mean, maybe the music's good, but, like, I just... I can't <laughs> even imagine, like, how they adapted this into a musical and what they chose to make musical. And, like, okay, yeah, Jovi's big song... Um, it's right before the finale where, like, Buddy helps Santa, and then Jovi, like, gets up to sing for everybody, and she has a song called Never Fall in Love with an Elf, and it's so bad. Oh. (laughs) It's
0: just not good. Oh my god. So, there's also a song called, there's also a song called World's Greatest Dad, and the story of Buddy the Elf. When was
1: its last run? Um, its last, well... Yeah, its last run was, like, there was a West End production that ended in 2016, and then there was, like, a a UK tour in 2018. So, like, I don't think anybody's clamoring to pick up the Elf musical again, (laughs) hopefully. Yeah.
0: Um, So I have some more facts. Um, The director, and I feel like I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, but the director of Elf was John Favreau, and he was also... In a cameo in the movie, he played the doctor of who, like, was doing the DNA test for Buddy and his dad, Walter. And he's also directed the live-action Jungle Book and The Lion King and Iron Man and Iron Man 2. So he's, like, done a lot of, would you say, um, computer animated films, which I find very strange since... When he was like, I watched an interview with him when he was talking about Elf and how he was like talking about preserving old animation. He doesn't like to do computer animation and he wants to do stop motion and like big supporter of old animated films. And then he's doing the live action Jungle Book, which I have not seen, and Lion King, which I have not seen because I refuse to watch Disney uh, live action remakes, and I just find that kind of ironic.
1: Yeah, no, that's interesting. I actually, I, I always forget that Jon Favreau directed this movie. It slips my mind all the time because I know him mostly as, like, yeah, as the Iron Man guy. Um, and he has, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with, like, the Iron Man or Marvel movies, but he plays Happy, um, which is, like, Iron Man's assistant driver sort of friend. Um, and he's in, okay. like, a lot of subsequent Marvel movies. Uh, very good in the role of Happy, I adore him as Happy, um, and so, like, I'm mostly familiar with him from the Marvel stuff, um, I saw both the live-action Jungle Book and the live-action Lion King, I think the live-action Jungle Book is very good, I think the live-action Lion King is absolute garbage, um, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, He's done that which is cool, but yeah, I like I I I never remember that John Favreau did this. That's so weird. It's so different from everything yeah. else that I know him from.
0: And it's so weird that he was an avid supporter of hand-drawn stop motion drawings and then wanted to do that. I I find that very strange, but maybe he was offered a lot of money. Yeah. Um, okay, my last fact is a lot of the shots of this film and where it was filmed was mostly New York, but most of the interior shots were filmed in Vancouver. No Right way, here in Vancouver, really? or at least where I am. Yeah, so apparently, um, the interior scenes of, like, Walter and Emily's apartment building, Jovi's apartment, and um, the North Pole scenes and the male scene... Um, like Santa's workshop and the mail scene, were filmed in Riverview Hospital, which is an abandoned mental hospital in Vancouver. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's just ironic. Santa's workshop is filmed in a mental hospital. <laughs> but most of all the exterior shots were filmed in New York. And I think Gimbal's was used as Macy's department store. So at least there's that. <laughs> How movies trick us
1: so wild i never would have guessed well and i know like um i'm part of uh a bunch of like vancouver memes Mm -hmm. like facebook groups and like i follow a bunch of like vancouver meme instagram pages um and like people always talk about how you can always tell like when a movie uses exterior vancouver Mm -hmm. shots even though even if they're supposed to be set, like, somewhere else, because, like, you'll see, like, the TransLink bus go by. Yes. um, And be like, hey, wait a second, that's one of the Vancouver TransLink buses. This is in L.A., this is Vancouver. Um, But, yeah, I guess because all of the exterior shots were filmed in New York, I just assumed that the rest of the movie was filmed in New York, So I was like, well, there are no TransLink buses, so. Oh,
0: yeah. I hate it when movies, um, you know, are filmed here, and it's really obvious that they're filmed here in Vancouver, and then they pretend it's like LA that really bugs me so I'm like be proud of filming here <laughs> <laughs> um okay also yeah
1: You're in Vancouver. yeah it's so okay. Riverview
0: Hospital is actually in Coquitlam not quite Vancouver but for people that don't live here in BC uh Coquitlam is basically just like a 40 minute drive from Vancouver so there's that <laughs> Um, do you have anything left you want to say, or do you want to move to the final judgment?
1: Oh, let's, let's do the final call.
0: (laughs) Okay, so did Elf move you or not?
1: Oh yeah, it has since day one. It just, it does, the only thing that a Christmas movie is required to do, which is make you feel good, and make you feel good about it being Christmas, and it, it does, it does those things, and that's all that matters. It just makes me happy and it always makes me feel Christmassy, um, and I actually just realized in yeah. the, like, middle of saying this, I've been, like, for this entire, like, hour, however long we've been talking, I've been trying to rack my brain to remember, like, when I first saw Elf. I think I first watched Elf all the way through because of you. Mm-hmm. It was when we first, like, really started to become friends, when we were, like, 10 years old, and you told me about Elf, and my dad and I were, like, and my dad was like, oh, yeah, I think I've, like, kind of heard of that movie. I've never watched it. And I had never watched it. And, like, you and your cousin were like, oh, my God, you've never seen Elf? Like, you have to watch Elf. Like, it's my uncle's, like, favorite Christmas movie. Like, it's so good. And I think I watched Elf for the first time because of you. Really? I'm pretty sure you did. I very distinctly remember, like, a conversation of your Uncle James being like, oh, Tim, like, you got up to my dad, being like, oh, you have to watch Elf. Like, it's such a good Christmas movie. Like, it's not just for kids. Like, it's really, like, funny and sweet. And my dad being like, okay.
0: Did I inspire you to watch this excellent film? (laughs) Yeah. What a full circle. (laughs) Recommending good
1: movies to me since day one.
0: (laughs) I love recommending movies, so I probably knew it was good back then. (laughs) Um, Yeah, same for me. It, It moves me every time I watch it. I could watch it three more times, you know, before the holidays. It never gets old. The only, like, scenes that I don't particularly like are usually the scenes where Walter's working or, you know, how Peter Dinklage is discriminated at really bothers me. But other than that, it's totally holds up. Again, like, if I watch this in 20 years, if I have children, they will will definitely love it. I mean, why can't they? There's nothing to date it. The music's great. The costume's great. Will Ferrell's performance is so heartwarming and so organic and so pure and wholesome. And you just want to give Buddy a big hug. And it's not condescending, which I feel like Jim Carrey's might have been if he had been Buddy, which I'm so happy he didn't end up being Buddy. And the chemistry and just the warmth of, you know, being grateful for your family and having family come together and believing. Just, you know, even if you don't believe in Santa, just believing in the Christmas spirit Is such a nice feeling. I don't understand why you wouldn't believe in Santa, but you know, just the whole idea of Christmas is really nice. And New York in Christmas, I I hope to go there one day when this is over.
1: Please.
0: (laughs) We'll have to go together, and we can like go to Rockefeller Center. (laughs) Um, I was also wondering, do you consider we've kind of an (laughs) we've kind of answered this but do you consider elf to be a holiday christmas classic
1: oh yeah definitely i think it is like you know it's 20 years well okay 17 years technically but like 20-ish years may not seem like a long time but i think if you think about like all of the christmas movies that have come out since then that have been very much like one hit wonders or like they were sort of okay mm-hmm. when they first came out, or they were, like, kind of big when they first came out, but don't have a lot of rewatchability. Like, this is, like, one of the few Christmas movies yeah. that isn't one of the, like, 60s, you know, Rankin and Bass, like, Charlie Brown, original Grinch, like, classics that has really, like, held up over the past, like, 20-ish years. And so, I, you know, I think that says a lot. There's a lot of Christmas movies yeah. since then that have fallen through the cracks, and a lot more that will.
0: Oh yeah, I think this is the best Christmas movie so far in this century, and I think it's because Hallmark's really taken over and basically ruined the whole idea of Christmas movies and just churned and churned and churned them out and made them really predictable. I cannot stand Hallmark movies, and this is definitely the best movie Um, that we've had, a Christmas movie that we've had in a really long time. And I do put it up there as a classic, you know, with Miracle on 34th Street in the heartwarming classics. Am I saying it's as good as Wonderful Life? It's a Wonderful Life? Um, No, I'm not saying that. But (laughs) it's definitely a Christmas classic with your family. And you want to hear a real unpopular opinion. Speaking of, like, Christmas movies from this century, I cannot stand Love Actually. I know everyone will hate me now that I've said it, and I've just exposed myself, but <laughs> I I don't like that movie. I don't know how you feel about it. I don't know if you've seen it, but...
1: You know I can't even comment, because I've never uh, seen Love Actually. I don't like it. I've never seen it. I've never had any inclination I to just, watch
0: it. I'm not a fan of when they just put a bunch of big stars in a movie, and then they just kind of interweave with one another. I, I don't like it. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say, but so Elf is definitely the best one. I think Elf and Love actually came out around the same time, so that's why I was thinking about it. Um, actually, at least Love actually doesn't take place in New York. Maybe that's why it's not as good. It takes place in England. Maybe all Christmas movies are the best when they take place in New York. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I had to look up because I couldn't remember. The Polar Express came out in 2004, so only the year after. And I think like Polar Express is another one of my favorites. Um, I actually like Polar oh, Express a yeah. little bit more than Elf, just because it holds a very special place in my heart. So I think like for me, like Polar Express and Elf are like the big two Christmas movies from this century that like hold up for me, and that will always be my favorites. Yeah. And like outside of that, you know. Of course, I don't e- like even Dash and Lily. I'm really enjoying it. I, can't I don't see myself know why... rewatching so if... it every year. Oh, no, I was just saying yeah. that, like, I'm, I'm really enjoying I don't, Dash and Lily so far. I can't see myself watching it, like, every year and being like, oh, got to, like, set time aside to re-watch Dash and Lily, like, every Christmas.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's different, right? But um, with the Polar Express, I completely, I don't know, I always think that it came out in the late 90s, so thank you for telling me it came out. In this century, too, so that's yeah, no, good. Yeah,
1: Polar Express definitely has, like, a 90s vibe. Do you
0: have anything left you want to say about Elf before we wrap up?
1: Um, I mean, it's a good movie. What else is there to say? It just makes me happy, and that's all that matters. And maybe one day I will listen to the soundtrack of the musical out of morbid curiosity, but that day will not be today.
0: <laughs> no. No, we're on a high with Elf. We don't want to go on a low... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a wonderful movie. It makes you happy. Isn't that what we all want right now? Don't we just want to be happy? It's a movie you can show your kids, can sit around and watch it, and you can just watch it at ever, any age. And the performances are so fun, and it's just, it's just Christmas in a movie. So nice. Christina, I want to thank you for coming back again on the show. Talk about Elf.
1: Yeah,
0: of course. Thanks for having me. And I want to thank you all for listening and don't forget to click the subscribe button.